the orange. I'm an orange man. That's what I am. I'm going with the orange a hundred times out of a hundred. What is up, ladies and gentlemen of Orange Nation? What a week it was to be a Syracuse Orange fan. It is um, an interesting time of year. It's post-football season. You're probably thinking, Tyler, this, this show has been up and down all around, whatnot, what have you, and I say you are correct. Um, I have been doing a lot, and by the title of this podcast, you can probably tell something is afoot, and you are correct. Um, and I just kind of wanted to talk about the last game. You know, finishing five and seven this football season was not on the table as far as I'm concerned. I thought at worst we would finish with a flipped record seven and five, quite frankly. Now, at one point, having the worst offensive line in the country as far as power five schools are concerned and the fact that we did finish five and seven is actually kind of a testament to a good play down the stretch. And, um, you know, they say if you win two out of every three in the MLB, you'll finish first in your division. The problem is the Orange didn't have enough games. Now, in some cases, that may be fine. But in this case, in college football, like I said before, in that uh, Maryland postgame meltdown, this is a cumulative thing. It's not the NFL where you have enough games to kind of dig your way out of a hole. You know, this year it was disappointing. And ultimately, it took a toll on me and I think everyone, really, in trying to you know, get excited about this team and, you know, the direction of where the program is going because still before and even to where it is now, it's unknown. But hey, don't let me make an excuse about what I'm about to say. Um, I am officially going to pursue coaching uh, full-time in football because that is my dream. And my dream has changed a bit over the years. My dream has been to be a Division I college football player. Uh, you know, Once I made it to that level, my next goal was to play in the NFL. After that, I transferred and left Syracuse University because I couldn't handle the fact that I wasn't able to achieve not only my first dream, which was to be a college football player, which I did make it to that level. However, at this point, I still never got to play that D1 game that I thought I was going to be able to. I never got to play in the NFL, and so I needed... You know, just one more opportunity to kind of catch a little bit of that glory, so they say. So I didn't have to be a has-been. And, I'll, uh, and the fact of the matter is I'm very much a has-been. And, you know, honestly, it's like I've been kind of dreading doing this podcast because I've already come and gone once. I've already said I'm going to pursue coaching once. But the fact of the matter is, is that I think I was – I kept needing to do this show um, like I had said in the – I'm thankful for this podcast episode when I needed to keep doing this until I like I knew that it wasn't for me in so many words. Um, you know, there's there's shooting stars and there's going to be so much coverage of Syracuse football moving on. You know, Julian's doing his thing with Stephen Bailey. You guys are getting covered there, I'm sure. Um, Q's militia. I have an idea to talk with them to see maybe if I can drop an episode here or there uh, down the road on their feed. You know, I'll still contribute with them whenever they want. But this show has 
originally this show was to help me attain what I thought I wanted to do, which is be an on-air personality. And that may not be dead in the long run anyway. Um, but I am not living in Syracuse, so I can't go get interviews with the guys and can't do the things that I want to do in order to take this show to the next level because I don't have that wherewithal or that ability to go live there. Um, and I'm also getting married and, um, and I want to be able to do what's best for me in my family and my future family. And moving to Syracuse to cover the team without having, you know, income coming in from this is just not part of the deal in order for me to get an on-air job, you know, at Barstool Sports or at The Ringer or wherever, you know, podcasts are produced. And uh, for that reason, it's tough. And I'm living here in Houston, Texas, and this is the capital of football as far as people are concerned. And you know, something may happen really, really quickly right after this. And there's a reason why it's coming now and not in a couple months. And, you know, it, it, I love this show. I love the orange. I'm an orange man. That's what I am. And in a way, going, doing this show and kindling and fostering relationships and knowing that this, you know, these last two years were like me playing out my my career at Syracuse, um, because of how much love was shown my way, and that you know, and how many people were dumb enough to listen to this show, and it's almost like I'm graduating for real this time, and that is one of the hardest things that you can do, is to. Be okay with what happened and, and move on comfortably. And that's what I'm doing. Because last time when I took a break, it was because I was moving and I needed a hiatus. And I, it's not like I burned out. I just didn't know what to talk about. You know, I was, I was in a weird spot. But, um, and Lord, Lord have mercy. It's hard to sit here and and talk about this because, like, I don't know if there are that many of you guys out there that are, like, truly, like, you know, you live for this once a week. I, I doubt it's a lot. But for those who do and those who really have enjoyed it and the relationships that have been created, whether in person, online, whether your love for the Orange has grown through this show or if it's remained the same or if you have listened to this show and you said, I will never be an Orange fan again after listening to that. Like those are all things that are impactful in some, you know, in somebody's life. And I'm not trying to make it sound like this has been a big deal at all cuz I don't think it really has. I think the big thing and the hard part for me is just kind of being like I said, finally leaving the right way. And knowing that there is still a very big opportunity and a very grand scale for me to still impact Syracuse University. Um, because of the fact that who knows where coaching goes. Maybe it winds up there. Maybe, you know, I work with Landon up there. Um, the director of player personnel does all the recruiting. I don't know. I don't really foresee that happening anytime soon, but I have to build my way up. You know, being 25 years old and being on the cusp of being married and now getting like, you know, this opportunity or a couple opportunities at this point, um, you know, to go interview places, it's like, I just, 
I really want to do that. And I've told my family this a bunch, but doing the podcast, like I was saying originally, was like, that was what I thought I wanted to do. So if the podcast worked out and all of a sudden, you know, like a million people were listening to it, then it's like, yeah, like I found out what my goal really was. Or like I found, I reached that goal through the podcast. But instead, I found out what I really want to do, which is be involved with football. Because although I love talking about it and being in the mix this way, it's so much more for me and so much more of who I am to be on the field and be in the mix. I feel weird sometimes that I'm like a quote-unquote football guy, that all I really like is football. You know, that's all I really am. And then I think about it, I was like, you know, like what people are like-minded like me? And it's football coaches. And I keep thinking, and I keep going back, and I'm like, you know, is this really what I'm supposed to be doing? And everybody in my life is like, yes, that is, you know, that is who you are. And to me, it's like, it's not even so much of like just being in football. It's also giving back to the people that love football. Um, and that was partly of what I was doing here on the show. I was giving back to people who love football, and specifically Syracuse football. Now... Um, yeah, I just, I don't know how to to talk about this and not feel like a douche or how to walk away and just all of a sudden make it feel like, you know, things are done, things are clean. It's a, you know, amicable split. It's not that at all. In fact, it's killing me to do this. And the biggest thing that I have is that I wish that I could have been better while it was going on. Um, and maybe that's why, you know, I'm not internationally known. Who knows? Um, but like I said before, that doesn't mean it's dead. doesn't mean it's, you know, I'll never be on the air ever again. I'll never have my voice, you know, protrude across the airwaves ever again. What this is just saying is that I love the orange and it's so hard for me to like actually, you know, even when I'm going into a new school, like I'm so loyal that like I'm like... Um, it feels weird for me to even think about coaching at another college. It's like, I don't want to do that because it's not my place. But it's like, well, that's not even close to how it works in real life. And maybe I'm just like, um, you know, some you know, super fan. But that's okay, too. Like, you know, in a vacuum, like, those things don't have to be mutually exclusive either. Like, you can root for your place of employment and then also, work, you know, root for your, uh, you know, former place. That's Okay. Like, I don't think Kevin Durant wakes up in the morning. Maybe he does. And, you know, every time he sees Golden State play, he's like, MF those guys. You know, maybe. I don't know. I doubt it. You know, but, you know, then again, he's a, you know, a cajillionaire, and I'm not. So that there's one big difference in the whole thing. That's the easy way to go. You know, make it all about money. There you go, Tyler. Um, but I was just like, so, you know, the hard part's over with this podcast. Okay. So that's kind of where I'm at. I'm going to be coaching full-time. What I'm thinking about doing is through December, I'm going to be kind of posting the the hits of the show. And I'm also maybe after this, maybe doing like um, a couple story times if I can get somebody to do it. Because like I still have the subscription, I think, through the end of the year. So I might be posting some more just kind of as like bonus episodes. Um, but I really want to keep contributing elsewhere until I land that full-time coaching job. And like I said, that may be sooner than later, or it may be a lot later. But I have to focus all my time and energy on that so that I don't get fired from my day job right now 
um, and, you know, not be able to eat while I'm also pursuing coaching and doing this, you know, it's like, it's a lot of things. And, you know, it comes at a good time because the season's over and coaches are hiring and, you know, there's not much to talk about. And um, although I've had recruits on the show, I don't really feel like a recruiting guy as far as covering it. It's a lot of work and I have so much respect for all those who do. But again, I can't go out there, you know, and go to the showcases. I, I can't go out there and, you know, interview athletes on the sideline. It's just I can't do that. And until I can, um, you know, I, I just feel so limited. And that takes away from the joy of me trying to do this too, is being frustrated at being like, you know, I should be doing so much better, doing so much more. And it hurts to like deliver a product that I don't feel comfortable with. And, you know, that ultimately has led to some resentment as far as the show goes. And I don't want it to be like that. You know, I want it to be pure joy. And for where I can impact and, you know, for young men who are wanting to play football and young men who want to achieve goals, I want to be there for them because I can show up in a real way. And I think that's something that, you know, I need to take everywhere too. Like as far as like where I'm going in life is like, you know, I need to show up where I'm at and, you know, and do what's asked of me in the best way possible just because, you know, that's that's something I can never get, you know, upset over. And I don't know if that relates to any of you guys, you know, but I, I know for a fact for myself, um, you know, I need to show up where I can. Just because, like, I'm so prisoner of the moment that sometimes I forget, like, oh, well, you know, maybe, you know, planning things out and, you know, going and doing that service work or whatever else, like, can, you know, be beneficial. Like, not everything is such a chore. Um and, I'm, and by no means, like, am I saying, like, oh, this podcast was such a chore. It was just, like, it was kind of wearing on me that I couldn't take this thing to the next level. And, like, working full-time and, you know, not being in Syracuse to, like, make this thing, you know, crank all the way up was was definitely, like, affecting me. And, um, you know, to for the millionth time, I just feel like when, where I can show up and, and be in, in focus, you know, it's going to do so much better for me. Um, but I love the fact that we get to sit here and have, you know, memories of, you know, what has played, um, in the past and all the good things that I did get to do. I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful. You know, thank you. Thank everybody for everything, for helping me realize what I do, what I am called to do. I am so grateful to be in orange you know, if it wasn't like so tacky, I would just, I would get like an orange tattoo, man. Like that's how, that's how invested I am. And yeah, that is super fan territory. Um, but I think what people don't realize is that, um, you know, I've said it before, but literally all I ever wanted to do was be an athlete at the highest level. And I was teased so ruthlessly for thinking that I could be somebody like that, be a Division One athlete um, for so long because I was some goofy white kid that didn't, you know, act like everybody else. I didn't talk like everybody else. You know, I didn't think like everybody else. And maybe that's like the a-hole in me, but I didn't really think so. I was just like excited for, for my dreams to come true. And, you know, I've learned a lot, but, I just, it means so much to me that I was given that opportunity to achieve that, um, that it's, you know, it's hard to walk away in multiple steps like this, you know, right when getting disqualified, I was so depressed and, you know, even there's been a, 
a gray cloud feeling over my life, you know, almost all the way up until my most recent visit to Syracuse, just because like of how hard and how tough that pill was to swallow. And there's still times in every day that goes by where I think about stepping on the field and I'll never get to do that um, ever again. And the closest I can get, and thankfully for my head's sake, you know, you know how painful it was to get those concussions and how, um, you know, scary they were. I'm so thankful now that I get the opportunity to look back and think, well, you know, if I can make this coaching thing work, then I will truly be winning at my own stage or, at, you know, climbing my own mountain. There's this... Uh, documentary with Bill Belichick and Nick Saban about the art of coaching coming out on HBO. And the trailer goes, Nick Saban says, everybody's focused on climbing the mountain. But once you climb it, you become the mountain. And that to me like stuck. I was like, oh my God, Nick Saban, like you just kind of cracked a code that I've been feeling in life. And as soon as I saw that, like something came alive in me that was like me that needed to be there because I love, I thrive on feeling like the underdog and everything I choose to do. I choose to do the hardest thing possible because I know what it's like to be on the other side, to climb the mountain and then for you to become the mountain. That's how I felt when I got that scholarship to Syracuse. When I got to Syracuse, I was almost like puzzled on what to do. I was lost because I didn't feel like the underdog anymore. I felt like I had arrived, like ironically. Um, and I think like there's micro examples of that in everybody's life. You Complacency is so hard. Complacency to me is the robber of innovation. It's the robber, it is the thief of feeling, you know, accomplished, obviously. But to me, it is so much more than that. It was just like, I felt just, you know, completely like I made it. And it took me like a month to snap out of that. Now, that's not a long time, but it is when you're, you know, practicing and, um, you know, everybody's kind of looking at you like, hey, you know, you're going to do something, yada, yada, yada. And then to have it taken away again that was so hard that I couldn't, you know, I couldn't deal with it. And it affected me even all the way through my baseball career at Providence to be like, I was so fixated. I had to play in the MLB or else I was a failure that, you know, it, things just, I wasn't happy again. You know, just like, it was just like another round of depression, you know, and to start this show and to basically air out how I feel about everything and put it out there, um, you know, it's been so therapeutic and, and to go talk and, you know, rekindle relationships and to have my former teammates say, hey, you know, we love you. Good to talk to you. All that stuff on here. Like I said, it's as if I really have graduated. But in a weird way, it's like I still feel responsibility to produce for the people who are watching. But in this case, you know, the lights in the stadium aren't turning off and I'm still on the field. It's like I'm turning the lights off on you. And I don't want you to feel that way because I want you to know that I am trying to do something that I feel is best for me, which is turn the lights back on in my own personal stadium so that everybody else can know one day that if you do listen to yourself and you have your mountain, you can climb that mountain and then... That is what life is all about.
because you will become the mountain after you climb it and something is going to want to knock you down. And then you're going to look up and say, hey, no, nothing knocked me down. I just got to climb another one. And that's where I'm at right now is I got to climb another mountain. I got to make things hard on myself. Why? I don't know. Because I feel like when I was a kid growing up, I watched football, college football and pro football. A little bit, but mainly college football. That was what my dad and I did, and that's how we bonded. My grandpa, my grandpa and I, my mom's side, um, we bonded over that too. My grandpa's a big USC fan. My my dad's a big UCLA fan. All right, so we have two conflicting styles. But the big thing, and the the funny part was, was that it was about the players. But the thing that always kind of came back to was like, oh, yeah, who's coaching here? Who's coaching there? And then we'd watch the interview with the coaches. And at a very early age, subconsciously, I kind of picked up on college football is not about the players. Why? And it's not like pro. Like Tyron Smith for the Cowboys, who's the left tackle, I believe signed a 10-year contract. So what does that tell you? The team is going to know more probably about Tyron Smith at the end of the day We'll probably see more snaps of Tyron Smith than it does with Jason Garrett on the field. Why? Because coaches get fired more often than not in the NFL outside of the players, right? So the coaches get fired more often compared to your star player. However, in college, at best, you get four years on the field with that guy. So in most cases, coaches outlast players. They're the ones going to be around. They're the ones under contract. Coaches, not the players. And I realize subconsciously is that college football is about coaches, and to me, I realized then is that it's not to be a star. It's not to, it's not to steal the show. It's not to turn the lights back on the stage. It's not to be that coach that you know has all these things, has the money, has the capabilities, has the team, has an undefeated team, wins a championship. It's, it's like, no, 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 no. It's, it's, it's none of that. It's the responsibility is on you. It's always on you. You know, and I love that challenge. I think the people I had the most respect for in the world were college football coaches because, like I said earlier, it's that things are always on you as a college football coach. And I want to feel the successes and the failures because that's life. That's the thing I love about baseball, too, is that it's not the most exciting game it's probably not even the best game but baseball is the most like life things don't go your way so much more than they go your way and in football you hope it's 50 50 and for that reason it's more appealing to me to coach (laughs) um but i knew from an early age is that i want to be like those guys i want to be like pete carroll i want to be like um almost an Urban Meyer. That's not who I want to be like. I want to have his success and certainly his account, his bank account. But I do not want to be like Urban Meyer. And I've heard some of the worst things come out of uh, the mouths of coaches as far as just like, wow, I cannot believe you said that to a kid. Or, in, you know, in this case, a man, you know, a young man, but a man nonetheless. And it's like, I think there's a responsibility for, you know, for some people to go in there and, and do things, um, respectfully too and and do it in a way that you know promotes love and promotes family like coach babers is doing i've learned so much from him just you know watching all this stuff and um 
you know, as far as the team goes and, you know, seeing how he's trying to work things over and, you know, deal with this team that's sophomoric and, and like I said, to finish five and seven, you know, after all this, you know, it's really amazing. I'm really curious to see how these uh, grad transfers work uh, with that North Carolina guy. I think that um, there's a strong possibility that he comes and that uh, and Tommy leaves. Honestly, uh, Michael Lasker and I have been talking about that. I think that there's a strong possibility that uh, a grad transfer or two linemen will come in. And I think that we're going to go heavy um, to kind of fill in maybe an experienced backup quarterback like Welch was supposed to be. And I think the roster is really going to take shape from there because after that, uh, we're going to have experienced guys in the two deeps going forward, hopefully from here on out. And at that point, now you have what's called filled cupboards. And that's the best thing that that's that's the best place you can be in college football is when the cupboards are full. You ever hear a coach a coach say the cupboards are bare, cupboards are empty? That means you guys are not winning a game for like the next two years. Let me tell you. I bet Les Miles went into Kansas and said, These cupboards are bare. Like we don't even have uh, spam in these cupboards, let alone, you know, um, a nice pasta sauce that I can pop open and then you hear like the once you pop it open. No, 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 no. They don't even got spam in those cupboards. So I'm leaving this podcast. I'm leaving the orange in about as good place as possible. You may think five and seven, Tyler, you're not, there's still more to do. There's still more things to be talked about. And I agree, but there are other people doing it just as good or better than me. But I know damn sure that I don't, I don't think anybody's going to outwork me trying to get into the door of a, being a college football coach. And I know damn sure that once I do get in there, nobody's going to work harder and have more fun than me at the same time. And to me, it's like you know the day that this got a little bit worrisome that I couldn't deliver anything, that was the day I knew that it wasn't really going to be for me long term um, until I wouldn't have to worry about anything. Now, the day that I retire from coaching and things are looking great money-wise, yeah, I'll fire the machines back up. We'll we'll blow this thing out. I'll get a studio, and uh, Mike Lasker and I, we will host our own podcast or do something. Who knows? We'll do the Barstool Breakfast just like Willie Colon and Large. Maybe we'll do that. Maybe, you know, who knows? Maybe I'll do media on ESPN. I don't know. I don't really want to work for ESPN. I've always long said, if I'm not working for Barstool, I don't want to work for another company. And that's just me. I think that they get it. And if you hate them, that's fine. But they they speak to me. They speak to my heart and the type of guy I am. Um, And that's great Um, because, you know, I... It's, it's been great to, to listen to them. And also know that like there are other outlets across the world that have college football coverage that is, again, as good or better than what I'm producing. So, I again, I try to feel like I'm leaving this in about as good a space as possible. I don't feel like I can talk about this without sounding you know extremely just like um, here today, gone tomorrow, or douchey about it. But, it, you know, it is tough to just be like, hey, thanks for everything. Because I don't think I will be podcasting about the orange again. And I had a lot higher hopes for this season that I was thinking, well, you know, if I can ride the coattails of the team, maybe there'll be an explosion and some didn't happen. 
And I don't think that it happened to me. You know, like the team didn't do that to me so I can, you know, grow my audience. It's like, no, it's like, that's just how life is. And, um, and like I keep saying, it's like, it feels like I'm, I'm, you know, walking away from the orange, you know, at graduation time, but you know, I also don't know anybody on the team anymore. So it's not like I can talk about it and be like this, um, you know, comment, you know, this inside source. I don't have any sources anymore. You know, that's, that's it for me. I'm, I'm out of, I'm out of rabbits coming out of hats. I don't have a feather that comes out of my sleeve. I don't have thumbs that light up and turns out they're just, you know, attachments. Um, I don't have any of that. You know, when I was younger, I was like, I want to be three things in this world. I want to be a drummer, a wakeboarder, and a magician. And, um, because I thought magicians were really cool because they perform magic. <laughs> and uh, the other two, it's like you can figure out why I wanted to do those. But um, and, and just like that, things change. Uh, I love football too much to, to be on the side, you know, the metaphorical sidelines because I want to be on the real sidelines. Uh, given back. And I think it's really cool that we're almost like ushering in a new era of coaches too. Um, I was watching Bill Belichick's son and he is a carbon copy of Bill, but it's just like football is in like the best place it's ever been. Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, you name it. Tom Brady's still playing, you know, running backs are good again. Who would have thought? Um, and to me, it's like it's just it's a no brainer. I again, I wish I would have stayed at Syracuse and you know gone undergrad assistant, and then you know hopefully moved into a part time role after that, then moved into a full time role somewhere else. But I know what that, that you know what that lends itself to in life. It's like I don't meet my fiance, I don't get to move here to Houston, I don't get the things that I needed to then take into my life and think moving forward, this is what I'm going to be, and this is who I am, and I'm here today to say I'm proud of who I am. Um, I'm proud that I'm the football guy. I you can I can now be teased at who I am, and I am proud of that. Which is totally fine with me, again, because I went through a hard time. And now that I'm feeling like I'm back to being like my normal self again after what was six years, almost seven years, six and a half years of being out of football and, um, and it feels like it finally hit, you know, that that cloud over my life was, was lifted. And I'm now like, Oh what? Yeah, no, I actually like this watching the Alabama LSU game this year. And just remembering, wait a minute. I love college football. That's my favorite thing that I've ever been around that I've ever watched. No movie, no, nothing can supplement my love for college football. It was, it was over. I was like, I gotta be in this and I gotta, I gotta do whatever it takes. Um, and obviously I'll still be on Twitter. I'll still be doing my thing. I still am an orange until I'm no longer until I have to, Oh, I'll always be an orange, but like until I'm coaching another school and I have to, you know, rebrand everything, I'll, I'll be up there. So don't, don't lose me yet. Cause I'm still, I'm still the number one fan, 
but there's other people who can do what I do and do it just as well, do it better. And, um, but I love you guys. And to me, although this is incredibly hard, um, I just want to thank you guys for everything. Thank you for allowing me to find out who I am so that I can be more for others around me. And um, that is all, all, all I could have ever asked for. Thanks to Coach Babers. Thanks to every guest who's ever come on here. Thanks to three-time recurring guest Chris Carlson. Thanks to Mike Lasker. Thanks to Coach Edinger. Thanks to Bust the Art Guy. Thanks to Josh Schaefer, Stephen Bailey. Thanks to Nate Mink. Thanks to Sean Reed. Thanks to Connor O'Neill. Thanks to Ryan Cantor. Thanks to Nicole Auerbach. Thanks to Cole Murphy. Twice, two-time recurring guest Cole Murphy. Thanks to Charlie Loeb. Thanks to Matt Park. Who am I forgetting? I'm just listening to these all off the top of my head. Uh, man, Matt the Frat. Uh, rest in peace, my man. Thank you to everybody who's ever listened to this show. Thank you for being there with me. Thank you for allowing me to be me for about an hour a week, sometimes more. Yeah, thank you to every guest. Everybody's helped produced. Thank you to loyal listeners. Thank you to the non-loyal listeners. You guys have helped me again find out who I am. And if that's all that ever came of this, then that's great. But hopefully... You got to learn a little bit about me too. Look for the best of. Look for maybe a couple story times. But for now, in this in this case, as far as the Syracuse football digital radio show, my name is Tyler Morona, reminding you as always to leave your stamp on the world.